Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. And here it is. I have a deal for you. If you enter offer code tech at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So my oldest daughter was born in, in 2010, and mere months after her magical and wonderful birth, our uh, our home furnace shit the bed. And it didn't do it in a dramatic way, but in a subtle way that ruined the entire bottom floor of our home. $20,000 of insurance claims later, I had to move my infant baby daughter and my wife fully out of the house and kind of live in a a Dexter-like clean room for several months while the while the place was rebuilt downstairs and my only companion besides my my friends and at work uh, for this several months that this was being done was Minecraft And so I didn't actually have a, a gaming computer set up at the time. I was kind of hunched over uh, my lovely wife's Mac Pro. And just every night I would get home from work. The house was a disaster. The TV wasn't set up. My game consoles weren't there. I just played Minecraft for hours and for days. And I didn't do it on a multiplayer server. And I didn't do it on, uh, uh, you know, with anyone else locally. I just just kind of lived in my own world in Minecraft. And, and I'm going to be honest, I really kind of enjoyed that experience. I like my me time. The other thing that I really just appreciate about Minecraft is the landscapes that it generates. It is a very beautiful game. And they were adding new biomes and deserts and forests and uh, snowy wastelands and oceans and island and mushroom terrain and it was just fun to see it all there spread in front of me. Um, you know, but I had my mountain fortress, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I made my own way. And so somewhere I've still got that world on a thumb drive, right? I've, I've still got that particular build of the game engine, and I can, I can go back there and, and, and really know my way around. I think I have lodged in the cliffside, a very uh, Frank Lloyd Wright-esque kind of modernist home. I can, I can picture... The, the profile of it as I return from a from a scouting expedition, uh, the sun is setting to the right, and it's 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 a home in a way for me, um, and it, it's a very specific point in my life that I can match up with that particular game. I hope that when uh, your eldest child, twenty years from now, they are you know moving into a home of their own, and you hand them this thumb drive, and they look into your eyes and they say. Oh my God, you nerd! <laughs> but then they hug you, and they're like, and then they're like, "But I know, I know, I, I, I can relate." And then they like they go back into their I don't know their i computers that suck them into. And this is the oldest thing I've ever said. I sound like an eighty year old man. I just said the phrase <laughs> i computer. Okay, we're gonna roll it. Time for the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, 
Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I am your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant. Today, I am joined by my friend, my colleague, features writer from Polygon.com, Charlie Hall. Thank you for joining me, my friend. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a real pleasure. Charlie, as we mentioned uh, earlier in this episode already, even though it's the beginning, is something of an expert on kind of open-world survival online games, I would say. Uh, and Minecraft is, I, I would say, the most accessible of all of those games. It has certainly attracted the largest audience. And yet, there are people like me who uh, have, have played video games professionally uh, and yet don't fully understand what Minecraft is or why it has become such a phenomenon. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to describe that today because it is this, as you described earlier, kind of almost an escape um, for so many people in more of a way than I think even the traditional video game. So let's start from there. Uh, on its most base level, what is Minecraft? On its most base level, each instance of Minecraft is a world that is eight times larger than the surface of the earth. When you, when you spawn into the game, you are alone in a colossal space with a sky and with grass and dirt under your feet and further below that stone and all of it can be interacted with. It is just a blank slate. That's Minecraft at its most basic. Okay. So who invented this and, and when, because it sounds so large, surely this can't be the work of a single individual and low. It is actually the work by and large of a single individual. And his name is Marcus person. Uh, his, his online handle is notch. Um, and I actually, I dug back into my own personal email archive here and I searched for Minecraft and I went all the way back in time to the first appearance of the word Minecraft in my own email archive. And it's from September 28th, 2010. Um, when I myself purchased and a lifetime premium account to the Minecraft Alpha. And that was really when it was, it was just him and maybe one or two other people at most. Um, and from there, it's, it's spawned into literally a multi-billion dollar property. And it, it, it started development in about 2009. It was actually based off of another game by the name of Infiniminer that was quickly released and then... Uh, you know, abandoned by and large by its creators, but but person played that game and thought to himself, well, I can I can mix this up with some other things that I know about, and I can mix this up with a little bit of the crafting that I've got in other online multiplayer games. I can mix this up maybe with a little bit of Dwarf Fortress, and I can create this first person mining experience. And really, everything else was kind of bolted on from there. It's so strange that you mentioned that too, because I, before this episode, pulled up uh, my name <laughs> with with uh, Minecraft to see when did I start talking about this? Like, when, when did this become a thing that I was even aware of in the video game world? And it's like from podcast in October 2010, I think is our first, the first mention of it that I see. And it's amazing then that it seemed to me like not disposable or throwaway, but kind of like 
almost like a mod for uh, a more popular game. Like it seemed like a novelty, uh, something that I wouldn't even think of as being sold, uh, you know, like traditional video games are. And that's still kind of the case. Well, less and less so now that some things have changed, which we'll get to. But what do you think it was that took this game from this thing that was popular on forums, on niche video game websites, to becoming what it is today, which is a wildly popular cultural phenomenon. It is, I can actually look back at the timeline, which I'm actually looking at the Gamepedia Minecraft timeline of events right now, and it's actually a really good timeline. Um, The the moment where it really leapt into the popular gaming consciousness is August 4th, 2010. And that was the first public release of the survival multiplayer mode. And that was the first moment that you could get onto a a Minecraft server, such as it was at the time, with your buddy, and you could play together in a survival mode that threw things like creepers and spiders and zombies at you overnight and, and, and eke out an existence. That was it. You know, from there... There uh, were many articles written about it in in places like PC Gamer and other spots like Penny Arcade. You know, back when people gave a shit about what Penny Arcade thought about anything, they did a series of comics about, you know, this this discovery that they had of Minecraft. And I remember that that final panel where I think Tycho is just standing there going, oh, shit, like it dawns on him in the panel what this game can be. For him personally, but also for, you know, all the other people playing it. It, it just, it, it gelled for everyone in that, in that release in August of 2010. What, what is the difference between, uh, let's say that version, that, that version when it kind of entered the public consciousness and what Minecraft is today? Oh God, the, the game experience, what the game experience is today is a complete start to finish, middle and end, objective-based game. Um, There is uh, a big addition to the game world that I mentioned earlier called The Nether. It's essentially a very dangerous hellscape that players have to, you know, they have to exist in the overworld and achieve a few simple goals to open a portal to this nether, right? And then once they go to the nether, they grab certain artifacts there and then they return to the overworld and they construct a tool that allows them to find another portal hidden out in the game world this area eight times larger than the surface of the earth that they then have to go find then they have to open that portal and then they travel to and this is very creatively named the end and when they're in the end they find the ender dragon and they kill the ender dragon and that is essentially the goal of the game but it's it's just so epic the size of it all and the scope of it all that you know i would venture to say that 90 percent of the people that have ever picked the game up perhaps 95 or 97 percent of the people that have ever played the game have never done these things there's no need to do these things because there are so many other things to do inside the game in its sandbox or even in its survival modes that you you don't ever have to fight the ender dragon if you don't want to you can build a roller coaster you can build 
a giant flaming penis. You can build uh, the biggest fortress that you've ever seen that spans continents, that is dozens of stories tall. You could go out into the modding community and download, like, like I did, a steampunk set of skins and turn the entire world into this bizarre steampunk landscape and then download another mod and build an airship and then just go flying over this beautiful landscape and admire the majesty of it below you as you travel for miles and miles and miles. You can tame pets. You can have those pets mate and reproduce. You can harvest them for leather. You can dig into the earth and find gold. You can find bats. You can find sticky blobs that you can then turn into engineering projects thanks to pistons. Then, once you've built the pistons, you can program a computer inside the game to control the pistons to do whatever the hell you want. So I, I was seeing this, but you can theoretically program Pac-Man inside of Minecraft. It, it's not theoretical. What I did for a video <laughs> at Polygon is I found the guy on Reddit that built the Pac-Man cabinet inside Minecraft. I joined him in the game and he took me on a tour. You flip a switch. It installs a custom set of icons to change some of the blocks and what they look like. And you stand there floating in space in front of, you know, in the game world, what is a hundred story tall Pac-Man cabinet. And you play Pac-Man, Chris, and it's completely controlled inside Minecraft. He took me behind the screen. He showed me how he wired it all up and how he programmed it by hand inside the game world using physical blocks to make it all work. That, why? Like, like, I mean, it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. But why? 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 Why do that? Why not? Sure. I mean, I mean that, that, that's a very fair answer. Well, look, get into speculative fiction here, though, right? Like 30 years from now, won't that just be what programming is? Maybe can't. Won't we just be able to do that? When we're trying to, to do stuff, we just put on our little hollow visors and get it done with the code, with our, with our minority report gestures, right? Isn't, isn't this just kind of the I, proto implementation of that? I think, I think this is getting at the bigger question. What is the difference then between Minecraft and real life, right? Because what you're, what you're describing sounds, I mean, like real life, but fantastic, uh, but the things people are doing inside of them are things that, like, you could just do them in real life. You could make Pac-Man. Why do a thing in the video game when the video game itself is a representation of life? Or is it just because in the game you can have so much more power and freedom because resources are make-believe? Well, you, you told me I was going to come on here talk about Minecraft, not like obscure <laughs> philosophical topics, Chris. I mean, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, people want things to exist. Like I'm looking at my desk right now. I'm looking at my desk and I've got a dagger that I picked up on a trip to Poland that I make. I've got a Life Well Wasted poster from one of my very favorite podcasts ever. I've got a Stein that I picked up at the Ren Fair that has the 
Imperial Eagle from the Elder Scrolls on it. And I have those things around me because I, I like them and they make my space feel more mine. And so when you, when you get into Minecraft, you want that space to feel like yours as well. And you want to bring those things that are familiar and comfortable into that space with you. It's part of the appeal of, you know, this skins industry that, that Microsoft has really started to exploit uh, across multiple platforms, selling people, you know, stormtrooper skins so they can look like a stormtrooper inside Minecraft. Yeah, you can do that on the PC version, but on a console, you just go ahead and buy it. Give a dollar. You look like a stormtrooper. It's, it's, it's just... It's a desire to, to bring those things you love into this other space that you also love, I think. You mentioned Microsoft there. Uh, they paid an awful lot of money for Minecraft. Can you it, it, just give us that number and explain why they would spend so much money? on? Uh, technically, they, bought, they acquired a studio, but really they acquired essentially a single game. Correct. Uh, they bought from... Mojang, which is Marcus's company, they bought Minecraft for $2.5 billion. Uh, Marcus owns or owned 71% of that company. So he, he was literally a billionaire after that sale was made. Why did they buy it? They bought it because, you know, it, it's it's a landmark game. There's nothing really as popular as Minecraft, as generationally and as, you know, laterally across multiple devices, as deeply installed and deeply ingrained into like the popular consciousness as this game. This is essentially like buying the, the gaming equivalent of Star Wars. Minecraft will be a seminal gaming experience for at least one to two generations of gamers and you know minecraft has it now it's theirs they get to ride that pony for as long as they can it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good long ride have they done anything with it yet or, or is this a ways away well you know microsoft just kind of likes to have some really good developers in their in their stable, right? That used to be like the folks that made Flight Simulator. You used to see Flight Simulator all over Windows products. Then that was the folks that uh, that made Halo, Bungie. Uh, they they were their folks for a long time. Um, and now, or three four three, I forget. I'm, I'm getting it wrong. I'm sure. I don't. I don't. I don't Halo so much. But now they've got Mojang, and Mojang is you know theirs. It's it's it. They're wanting to identify Microsoft with, with that genre and that, that name, what are they going to do with it? Well, right now they're putting it on every single platform that they can. It's on Windows 8.1. It's on Windows 10. It's on Xbox 360. It was the only last generation ported over wholesale, last generation game ported over wholesale to the Xbox One. And it was one of the first games <laughs> ported over to the Xbox One just because it's so valuable, but it's also on the PS4. It's on iOS. It's on Android. If you have something with a screen that you can touch or has a button somewhere on it, more than likely you can play Minecraft on it. It's it's everywhere. It's even in schools right now, Chris. There are several schools around the country who make it a large part of their curriculum to conduct class inside Minecraft. Um, you know, there there's the Chicago Quest School here in, in, in the Chicago 
um, school uh, school system, their their charter school system, that that Minecraft is a big part of the educational cur- curriculum. So right now, what they're doing is they're just they're continuing to spread it out. There's also um, you know, uh, licensing being done. You can go to Walgreens and buy Minecraft paper craft, like little fold up cubes. You just pull it off the shelf, take it home, fold it up, put it on your table. I don't know. My kids didn't really enjoy it, but I bought one. You can get a hat. I'm sure you can go down to a speedway in Tulsa, Oklahoma and buy a Minecraft hat right now. It's everywhere. So they're just they're making money is what they're doing with it. Okay. We're talking money. You mentioned that Notch is a billionaire. How has his life changed? Because I, before this, he is an indie developer, you know, with no true standout hit, let alone a hit of this scale. And suddenly he has, not suddenly, but over years, he has over a billion dollars. What, what did that do to him? It, it I, I, in many ways, it, it, it destroyed him, Chris. Um, it's been, it's been really hard to watch um notch on twitter because that's where i see him interact with people the most um and just a couple weeks ago he put out a couple of tweets just about how lonely he is how hated he feels even by the people that that he helped to to them make them make millionaires at Mojang after he was bought out by Microsoft. He, he feels persecuted by fans, persecuted by enemies, and he just feels very alone. I mean, you know, Snoop Dogg was reaching out to him and saying, hey man, need a shoulder to cry on. We'll come over and we'll grab some of that sticky icky and make you feel better. Like, I think, I think that a lot of people that are fans of Minecraft are fans of Notch, but you don't you don't end up telling people that you love them every day when you're on Twitter, right? You tell them when you can that you hate the guts, and that's kind of what he gets out of social media and his contact points with the public right now, and and it's it's eaten away at him. It feels like I don't know him; I've never met him, um, but I I honestly worry about him. <laughs> I really do worry about him. I think that I don't think that I'm alone. I want the best for Notch. I, I just can't imagine the pressure of something that successful being almost singularly on you. And I remember even when he was updating the game that there was this pressure to make it what fans wanted it to be. And I have to imagine that even now with it no longer in his possession, um, kind of like a cursed monkey paw, you know, like it, it, the effects of that kind of stay with you um and in that ownership I, I i think he still feels i i just have to imagine that you don't create something like that and sell it and still not feel some retention of ownership and i think that would be very difficult but then like where do you go from here right like you have made hands down the most hugely successful genre defying 
seminal work in, in perhaps the modern history of video gaming. Like, and for your next trick, you will not commit suicide. Like that really, that's, that's the oh best gosh. we can hope for right now. Like in, in some respects. Everybody can direct some Twitter love uh, his way. Let's, let's hope that. I, I want to give him a big <laughs> digital hug. He seems like a very nice guy, but like he, he has a company. He has some folks that work at that company, but you know, they, they had a few games of uh, uh, scroll, uh, scrolls was a game that uh, Mojang worked on for a while. It was kind of a Hearthstone-like game that involved collectible cards. But, you know, that's been ended. That's been end of life, basically. Then Notch had this other dream project that was, uh, you know, zero times 10 to the power of C or OX10C or some strange phonetics. It was basically... Minecraft in space. There was engineering. There was also an even deeper programming within the game world. You could have space battles. You could mine asteroids. And, you know, we saw a video of that. And then then it was shelved. And he's just kind of been listless since then. So, like, yeah, I mean, what to do next? I, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I, 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 I cannot at all. Um, let's, let's wrap it on a happy note, maybe. Sure. Uh, let's talk about the future of Minecraft itself, because <laughs> now it's owned by a filthy rich company um, with unlimited resources to see it as kind of a centerpiece for anything with a screen, kind of like you mentioned earlier. So what what is Minecraft over the next five to ten years? Well, Minecraft is a platform, and I, I don't want to give complete creative control to Microsoft, it's, there's still a thriving mod community. There are not even just mod communities, but social communities that will give this game its life. Not will give it, do give this game its life. Um, just by playing it, just by bringing people around it, it will be around for, for you know, gaming generations, whatever that term means. I just coined it. Mark the date. For gaming generations to come. But what's Microsoft doing it? Well, every time it brings out the HoloLens, their augmented virtual reality thingama, Minecraft is front and center. And so imagine, if you will, this, this massive world that now fills your perceivable space around you. There's, there's no room anymore. It's just all Minecraft that you're in with an Oculus or with, with a HoloLens. I think that you know, maybe one of the killer apps for VR already exists and it's Minecraft. And once people get an Oculus on or a HoloLens near them and they, they step into Minecraft, it will be like discovering that game for the first time again. Um, you know, what's what's the future beyond that? It's in Target. It's in Walgreens. It's in Barnes and Noble. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a licensing engine that, that Microsoft rides for, for, you know, the better part of a decade at least. But is it going to be growing? Is Microsoft going to be changing Minecraft? Is there going to be a Minecraft 2, the revenge? No, no, that's, that's not necessary. Minecraft, even its art style is timeless. There's no, there's no revision required. That's, that's really the, the cleverness of it at a very deep level. That that sounds promising. That sounds like a pretty good use of, of billions of dollars. <laughs> if I mean, I, I, I'll never have to write that check, so I'm no expert in spending that sort of money. But I, I think 
I, I can I can understand now why uh, why if you're Microsoft you you drop some cash. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be I'd rather have that on my balance sheet than than Animal Crossing. Yeah. Oh oh my gosh! Now now you went too far. Let's let's not. Yeah. I mean, the Happy Home Designer. We're getting pretty obscure right now, but listen, <laughs> you, you have you have begun a fight with uh, Polygon's Griffin McElroy that I do not know if you are ready to end. Um, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> like I said, thank you for having me. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Charlie underscore L underscore Hall, and you can always find my stuff at Polygon dot com. And you can also find Notch on Twitter at Notch. Say something nice to the people who create things that you like. That that seems like a good way, a lesson learned from this podcast. Um, share with him your memory. I might I might need to share with him mine about uh, about that moment that we opened on. I I don't think I've ever really written about that. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll link him to it. I think that's a great idea. Um, I'm Chris Plant. This has been another episode of What's Tech. We are here every Tuesday. You can find us on TheVerge.com or you can find us on Twitter at What's Tech. Uh, One other thing, I know some of you don't have iTunes or you don't have an iPhone, but if you can find a way, I don't know, borrow your parents' account, leave a review for the show on iTunes. It goes a long way to getting the show out to more people. Uh, and, And we just appreciate that. Uh, that that's it. That's been the show. Until next week, we will see you later. Bye. <laughs>